Okay, back here in studio with Robin, or should I say Rob Forbes? Let's say, let's say Rob. Yeah, we had uh, Robin Phillips join the race on the last day, so we decided it was better to go with Rob. You're running for, for the downtown special yep. election new seat for yep. the assembly. District 1, yep. But I've known you for more than 10 years. Uh, met, you, met you back in my IT days, and yep. you owned Shred Alaska, and you were Robin Forbes. Yeah, I was Robin kind of by default. My email when we bought the domain through you guys and you guys set us up with TechSRS, it was Robin got set up as my name and that just stuck. So business cards, email, everything was Robin. Wait, so was your name so Robin? My name is Robin, R-O-B-Y-N. Yep. So Wait, did, did anybody ever call you Robin before that? Uh, nobody, other than my, nobody other than my parents. Uh, so, you know, growing up, it was always Rob. Everybody. What's your, what's your wife and kids Rob. call you? Rob. Dad. But yeah, right. Rob. It was always Rob. Man, Never I just Rob. always knew you as Robin until yeah. until this um, this filing. Yeah. So this actually, in a, in a way, it feels more natural. It's Rob. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. I it's like kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about a lot of things um, before we get into the there's six candidates running for the special election, which ends. Let's see, today's the seventeenth. So Tuesday, f- five June 21st, days first. Yep. Um, four days. It's yeah. Friday. So and this has been vote by mail been been ongoing, and it's the new seat they added a couple of years ago, the twelfth seat. And there's six people, and we'll talk about that. But first, let's talk about kind of you. And first, I got to say, we did a podcast. You have a pod. You actually have the same equipment I have, the Roadcaster, don't you? Well, no, I don't have it. We're setting it up. So we've been using a studio at First Rate Financial for a little while, and it's uh, no, it was a nice studio. Yeah, great studio, beautiful. And we're actually duplicating that over at the Eureka Space, not their specific studio, but. Uh, we're going to build one out ourselves, and you'll see a lot more content from me. But, uh, yeah, I did the one podcast with you before. We recorded what I thought was a great podcast. It was terrible. I thought so, it was great. We, had, we just talked about all kinds of things, and it was, but it's, it's never, never appeared. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, what happened? <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was definitely my first uh, adventure in podcasting. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm a little intimidated by it. And so me being a, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I don't drink and I didn't really have a way to take the edge off. So you, you, I decided you, you quit like cold turkey. And I quit years. November, November 10th, 2013 was my last drink. Um, and, uh, and so I, it's been almost nine years, almost 10 years at this point, almost nine years at this point. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but I decided that it was a good idea, even though I don't typically do it to try a small amount of edible to relax, hopefully before our podcast, little Mary, and, little Mary uh, Jane. Yeah, and, and again, it's not something that I do, uh, but it's legal here, and I'm an adult, so last time I checked, that was cool. Uh, you seem totally, I, totally fine to me. From the outside, but inside my head, I was not fine. So I couldn't find words. I couldn't really formulate good thoughts. And uh, after the fact, honestly, I reached out to you. I told you. I was like, dude, you, that's, that's unbelievable. You wanted, to like, you wanted to, like, re-record it. Yeah, I, like, because it, it wasn't me talking. Because you've been on my podcast before with Rick Castillo. Correct. A couple that, years, that a couple was years the one. ago. That was the one. No, I'm talking about the one we did in your office, though. Oh, that one was fine. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, no, that one was oh, fine. Oh, you're t- okay. What, what happened to that yeah. one? Uh, it didn't get released. I don't have a platform yet. I don't have things set up. So you're, t- it's you're talking about the Rick, Rick, and that was fine too. Yeah, no, it was. It was. I, not po- good. I posted that one. I know you did. I know, and uh, and I'm fearful. I listened to it once, and I'll never listen to it again. Oh my god! I, so that was a long time it was ago. Bad. So, so and, and honestly, like if somebody listened to both, they can tell like this is who I am. And that was me on a small dose of 
THC. So you, you came on your bike here today and you're yeah. very advanced mountain bike. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to head up to flat top from here, ride up the, uh, South Fork Rim trail, hit flat top Glen Alps, and then come down the new Hemlock burn trail that single track associates put together. So it's a nice long, by the time I get back to my truck, uh, it'll be about 35 miles uh, up to flat top. So yeah, it's good. That's why we live here. It's a beautiful day. I've got sun until what, you know, as well, Way later than I need. Pretty much but, midnight. Uh, yeah, get home by 11 o'clock, and it'll be a great, great workout. Okay, so you used to have Shred Alaska. You sold yep. that. You bought it. You sold it. And then you were in this propane business for a little bit. Yeah. And then now you have this, it's called Eureka Space. Essentially, it's a co-work. I mean, talk about what that new business is. Yeah, it's not a co-working space. We worked in the positive benefits of a co-working space from a cost-saving standpoint and a resources standpoint. And we've got professional meeting rooms, lounge rooms, uh, we're building a podcast studio. That's exclusively for the use of our member companies, but our member companies aren't uh, temporary day use people like a typical co-working space. We have member businesses that are um, office um, leases in our building and, uh, and what they've got is long-term leases for the facility and they have exclusive access to all the amenities we have. So, so these are like law, lawyers or insurance. Well, the business. idea is building like every spoke on a wheel for small business support, right? So you've got uh, like a bespoke. Yeah, of course. So you've got like uh, digital digital marketing companies, graphic design, legal, IT. Um, safety and health actually for the construction industry, consulting companies, um, any type of business that you could think would be a part of business support services. So is the um, idea we that have those people there. Is the idea they would work together at some point or not, not necessarily, or maybe? Not beyond, maybe. Uh, not beyond the, the norm of like a um, referral like you would typically do. And the only benefit we've got is that uh, everybody's under one roof and you may have a little closer collaboration through our inner office platforms and things like that. But no, there's no expected collaboration. Uh, only what happens naturally and just for instance though from the success side of things we do have a, uh, one of the most amazing graphic design we'll companies a little bit just okay sorry that we've worked that i've actually worked with for the last uh, 15 years uh bianca frake design and she's one of our members over there and she emailed the other day and said hey like i'm getting a lot of referrals from people here so i'd like to just proactively offer a discount to people who refer from inside so uh, it's an example of the system working it's exactly what we'd hoped and we're going to let it kind of grow and be what it this is over there, mid, Midtown area. Yeah, it's on 36, 405 West 36. We're right across from Centerpoint area next to a lot of the native corporations, the Alaska USA Financial Center, mm-hmm. right on 36 there. And uh, it's been a great project. Now this it's is exciting. This is, you got partner. This is not just you, right? It's kind yeah, of no, it's not just me. I've got uh, my other main partner is Andrew Mitten, and he runs Vellum LLC, and he's a small business legal um, representative attorney. So you're entrepreneur. You're kind of doing new things. What, what's... What's that yeah. like, you know, based uh, on, you used to have a job, I mean, long time ago, you had a, you, used, you worked at yeah. Shred Alaska, didn't you? I did. So I started working at Shred Alaska in 2004. Um, and it was a situation where I got brought in and was allowed to basically be the manager of the company. The owners were silent owners. And in my mind, honestly, they were crazy to let me do that. At that point, I was 23 years old. Um, my brain was at least 60% developed. And, uh, you know, they gave me the opportunity to run that business. And we, by the time I bought it in 2009, we turned it into a very different company and then continued to grow it through 2018. So how many uh, trucks do you guys had? What? We ended up with seven by the time I sold it, including the hard drive. They're all over town. Truck. Everybody, see, I mean, you still see them. Yep, you see them, and it's sad because and, and half the, of them are branded with a different company's branding and, the you know, the dark green, not the polar I still bear. see. I was at the bank last week, and I saw the Shred Alaska um, receptacle. Yeah. You no, still, they're still, still busy. You still see those. Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. I so see why, them, why too. why did you sell it? We didn't... <laughs> 
it was a kind of business that naturally in the industry was going to transition through acquisition. That's what the industry's done over time. And we knew when we bought the company that in the end, that was going to be the goal. Um, you know, at some point, somebody was going to come in and offer efficiency, um, write us a check that gave us the ability to go and do different, uh, different things, different investments with our life and time. And so, it came a little quicker than expected, but whether we wanted it or not, the company in this particular scenario wanted to control the whole market here in the document destruction, archiving, mm-hmm. record storage business. And so- What was we, the competitor? The Alaska Archives? Was Alaska that? Archives was the other local company that did the vast majority of the state's archiving, record storage, and those types of services. We stayed out of that. We were strictly a document shredding yeah, Do you company. remember when I suggested to you, do you remember my suggestion for the, for the, the, rule, the rule shredding? No, you probably yeah because it was so preposterous. <laughs> Do you remember I said you should you should rent or or buy a large like a oh, C one yeah, like, yeah. like a plane yeah and then fly around with with yeah. the shredding equipment because you guys did not just documents but you did like hard drive yeah you had that machine that would like Everything. crush a hard drive into like little pieces yep and I said fly around and then use it offer the services and you just, just kind of looked at me so I think are you, are I think, you what is, I think what is the burying it in the places you need to fly to is probably a more <laughs> secure method I was like no we get the um, plane we fly it around we stopped each place we get to that you know yeah. and I think you just looked at, looked well, at me and said what does what well, it matter well, Jeff with you? honestly like you know nowadays that might fly with the prices we're used to paying for that cup of coffee you've got in front of you there but uh, I think back then we were a little more price conscious we're getting used to high prices today. I still think even now it would be a, not a economical fuel might fuel might be a little expensive so so i don't want to ask too personal but when you sold it i mean did you end up with fuck you money or like no thank you money i thought i had fuck you money so have you seen the the gambler that's oh yeah yeah and actually like you go back to the text thread around that time with a a real close friend that i do a lot of mountain biking with actually we sent that clip back and forth and kind of talked about things and and reminisced about where we for the folks listening the john goodman yeah scene in the gambler when he Talks about if you, you have, have enough money it. to like buy a house, buy a car, put a little money in the bank to like pay, yeah. then you can basically tell anybody, fuck you. Yeah. Nobody has any control over you. Correct. But I thought I was there. I wasn't. Um, I came from nothing. Uh, I was a son of an Air Force enlisted veteran. My mom was a stay at home mom. So if anybody's familiar with that kind of pay. That's same, same with um, me. My dad was a retired Navy you know, and postal worker. Nothing. Right. And so uh, I, you know, when that happened, I was, when we sold the business, I was uh, 37 years old. And I thought that I had made it and I made, uh, I'm not going to lie. Like I've made a ton of mistakes. I've made some good investments since then, but I've made a ton of mistakes. Uh, and honestly, COVID and everything that happened with that created a ton of fear and uncertainty. Uh, and I made some decisions that weren't the best financially. And so now I am, you know, reevaluating where I'm at in life and making sure that everything I do from this point forward is smart and is done for the right purpose. So um, I certainly don't have, Fuck you, money. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back there someday. So the Eureka—that's money you've invested some Correct. your own money into that. Yeah, thing. yeah. I'm a I'm a 25 percent partner at Eureka. Correct. So that's that's and you know I have the land, which is much smaller. But when you get into something with a landmine, and then I have the political report. I mean, it's not a ton of capital in, investment as much as something like you're doing. Yeah. With with construction and in space, but yeah. When, but when the, you when you own something, you know it, it's like I've worked for people. And every dollar I take in, which isn't, you know, we're not not getting richer, but that's, you keep that dollar, the whole dollar, minus there's costs. But when you're working for somebody, like when I was working in IT and I brought in a client that spent, you know, spent a hundred grand or whatever on a, on a database project, I got my, you know, salary, my per- percentage, but like, I didn't see most of that. Yeah. And as soon as you're in it for yourself, you, you realize like you get a check for something you sold, an ad or whatever it is. And 
it just it's more meaningful, but it's also just it's it's just more impactful. Yeah, much more impactful, and it's more impactful for you, but it's also more impactful to the economy. Um, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to do at the Eureka space is, and, and for me through Fat Tire Consulting is to make more and more people aware, especially people that, like you and I and, and our generation where, you know, don't work for the W-2, uh, don't work for the paycheck for the next 20 years. It's only going to get you so far. Honestly, had I not had the opportunity granted to me to run with Shred Alaska, um, who the hell knows what I'd be doing? Maybe I'd have made it on the fire department. Maybe I'd be... I don't know, maybe I'd have screwed up somewhere along the way, but uh, the only opportunity for what I'd consider normal people is to get into business, work for yourself and rely on your, your, your ethic, your work ethic, your intelligence, and on all the good people around I mean, you to I'm, make something happen. It's also, I mean, and you've seen probably this way more than I have, but um, it's like every time I feel like I'm getting a little bit ahead, I have to hire a lawyer to do something. I have to, um, I, I have to buy commercial liability insurance. I have to hire a bookkeeper because I can't do it. You know, so I have a bookkeeper for the businesses. I have, you know, commercial insurance. I've got a lawyer, not a lot of money, but it's every time, you know, it's 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or every time you feel like you're getting a little bit ahead, some bill, something comes up. Yeah. And, and then you have the self-employment tax and you have to pay your, which, you know, you got to pay quarterly and I didn't pay as much. So I got a big, I'm not making a ton of money, but it's enough to have to pay a big, you know, Pay tax at the end of the year. That's all right. You can admit you're making a ton of money. You're doing great. I made forty two grand last year. I actually put it on the internet yeah. because because I'm so sick of people thinking that I'm like some this political media conglomerate. You no, know, or like they think yeah. I'm like a political consultant or a lobbyist. <laughs> and many of them make hundreds of thousands. Many of them make a lot of money. And yeah. it's, it's public information. The lobbyist information is public. Yeah. A lot of the consultants, you can see how they're living. I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of money in that. Because I'm around that, people automatically assume I might fly to Hawaii or I might go somewhere on a cheap ticket or I have, you know, friends and I go to Europe, you know, for buy a $1,200 ticket. I'm single. They think, Oh man, this guy is just guys making, I was talking, the reason I put it out there was because I was talking to a friend and he must be nice making all that money. And I said, yeah, it must, must be who are we talking about. And they go, you, and I go me. And I said, how much do you think I made last year? And they go, Oh, 150,000, 200,000. I said, are you fucking crazy? And I told them what I made and they were like, Oh man, fuck, I should buy an ad or something. I said, <laughs> <laughs> They're but, buying lunch next time. But, huh? but even even though I don't make a lot, even though I used to make way more money working in, in IT and telecom, the fact that I can wake up and you've you know had your it's stressful. There's a stressful time, but the fact that you can wake up and do whatever you want for the most part, go where you want to go, not have to have the boss asking what you're doing or you know micromanaging or asking why why wasn't this on the calendar? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that to me that's worth. There's a price on that that you really can't even quantify so you don't miss 809 arrivals at work and getting questioned why you were nine minutes late to me that's that kind of thing not dealing with that in my life is worth i don't even i don't even i can't i'm not sure yeah. i can put a I mean, half a million do, i mean maybe for half a million dollars i might deal with that but for a year you know what i'm saying it's <laughs> like it's just that waking up and i had this job and i was it was with it company and then gci bottom and, and i was and i love gci it was great working there I had a, but there was this boss that i had that was kind of new to gci from you know, he was like a mid-manager and he just didn't like me. And, and he was new to the company. He was from like, you know, lower 48 and he just didn't like me. And he wanted to know basically where I was at all times on my calendar. Nobody else had to do that. And it's like, you wake up and you know, it's like, if you're there at like, if you're there at nine ten, why aren't you, why aren't you here at nine? I want to have yeah. a meet. I want to meet with you. I can't, you know, I just can't do that. I think a lot of people can, but some people, you know, they can do that. And they like that. Not having to worry about all the 
business concerns. I'll never and, do it again. If you ever see me working at a job like that, Jeff, things went really, really wrong. And things I, have gone really wrong, and I still haven't ended up there. So I don't think you can. I, I, let's see. The only way I'd ever go back is if some kind of opportunity presented itself that, that would be, I couldn't say no to. What would you, you know? go back for? I, I don't even, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, 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 if somebody approached me and said, I want to buy your business and then I want you to come work for me and pay you some crazy amount of money, I mean, it wouldn't happen, right? Yeah. It's just like basically the chance of that happening is zero, but maybe depending like who it was and what it was and you know, some, some, it'd have to be a crazy opportunity. Yeah. But, and, and but, but, very you, unlikely. but you know what? And like, we're, we're speaking altruistic about work and that's wonderful and everything, but I'm sure you've had situations here recently where we've got to be honest that we need workers also. We can't all go out and do our own thing. We can't all just work for ourselves. At some point, if we want stuff delivered to the grocery store, if we want cars put together, if we want bartenders at restaurants, oh, yeah. like Cops, until we get yeah, until until we get to the um, point where these things are done through automation, we need people to work. And one of the things we're having as as an issue nationally, we don't have enough people working. Well, even my matter I'm, of factly, I'm on my president of my condo board. I've been there, you know, for I moved there in 2012. I've been on the board since 13 and. Uh, it's 116 units, so it's not a tiny, you know, space. We have we have big property, and we have we're really active in the board. We have three board members. We're very active in how we run things with our maintenance contractors and everything. And we have this company that does, does a great job. The A team they've been doing it for years, and they do the winter and they mow the grass. They do all the maintenance in the summer. They do the plowing, and the, they're really good. Pay a fixed fee per month. And last year and this year too, but I started last year. I told the owner, I said, Hey, I just noticed you guys are the grass isn't. It's always mo, you know. I said it just seems like little, no big deal. I'm just curious, yeah. and he goes, "I'm not going to lie to you. We like, we cannot find people. Yeah. We, we've raised wages." Our friend, I had a friend that's run a landscaping company for 20 years, and he said he's offering $22 an hour to start just to mow lawns outside in the summer yeah. in Alaska, and he cannot find anyone that will even show up for an interview. That's a problem. And, and we have, you know, so his rates have gone up, and everybody's rates are going up. Our oh. water bill has gone up, our maintenance costs have gone up, our insurance premiums have gone up. Um, all our costs have gone up. So now we have to like rate, you know, this is an inflation, inflationary problem, but we have to raise dues next year. We haven't raised dues in 10 years. Yeah. And, and we're going to, we have, I mean, there's no choice to be able to keep, you know, paying That's the bills. That's what you have to do. Um, well, on that note, you're running for the assembly. You've never run for office before, but we've talked over the years. You've always had, it's I, always I, been, an you've interest. always had the itch. Yeah. And, and now you're in this, you were, you moved downtown several years ago, right? April, 2020. And before yep, that, you were, the pandemic. before that, you were, South Anchorage. So now you're in this unique situation with this open seat. It's, it's, it's interesting because they just redrew the lines every 10 years for redistricting and statewide and for the city. And Stephanie Taylor, who ran against Forrest Dunbar, she got kind of barely put into this new 12th yeah. seat. So by, she's running a city block. Yeah. She's running. Um, you're running. Daniel Volan's running. Who's kind of one of the, maybe one of the kind of progressive, you know, yep, leading progressive. Tasha Hooch is also a progressive. Hotch. Hotch, sorry. Tasha, Tasha, by the way. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I've, I've always thought it was Tasha. I've been correct. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's Tasha Hotch. Tasha. Yeah. I said both wrong. Yeah, wow. You did. You screwed she, up. Apparently, according to her mailer, she's going to guarantee to pl- clean the or have the roads plowed in 24 hours. It's going to happen. Which I put. I know. I don't know how that happens. I just put file that in the total bullshit category. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you got you, Robin Phillips, who's daughter correct. of Gail Phillips, former Speaker of the House, who's Ted Stevens Foundation, kind of and then, Republican. And then Cliff Baker. And then Cliff, who was a, who was a um, land surveyor uh, for DNR. DNR. Yeah, DNR for a long time. So six of you, and last time I checked, there was less than a 10% turnout because it's a vote by mail, it's summertime, 
It's a special election. It's kind of the recipe for just a low turnout. Yeah, and it's it's been really odd, too, because when you come to your campaign strategy and how long you're going to push, what your marketing strategy is going to be, when you've got mail when you've got mail ballots out May 31st and you've got 20 days, 21 days until they're due, like when are most people voting? And obviously, like you said, the, the 9% turnout at this point is super low, but I don't think we expect to see anything beyond 15%. And if I'm not mistaken, we've got no locations where you can actually go vote in person other than down I, at no, the I think, municipality. <coughs> yeah. I think you can go to the, yeah. you know, the muni location, Correct, but that's it. And so, like, and also know, the idea the, of, like, sign-waving on the day of the election. Like, you know, we're, we're getting rid of some of these traditions that used to accompany the, our the, elections. And there was also the, you know, ongoing, well, it's, it's over now on, on the, um, when was that over? The special last week, the special yeah, congressional. Right. So, so people had those ballots, yeah, too. It's voter fatigue. And so, people are confused. People don't know. Like, at this point, we waited to send out a mailer until June 11th, after that was June 11th done. That ended. So that, yeah. that was a two, 10-day overlap. Yeah, and we waited to send out our last mailer until after that was done because, frankly, you know, the average voter, do they really know that I'm not one of those 48 people on that long list? Do they know to expect another ballot? Um, I think we've definitely, uh, we've over-exhausted um, you know, the voters. And I don't think people are really paying attention at this point. So, so let's talk about why you decided to run in the first place. You've been paying attention. You're a business owner. You've been around. Like what, 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 what made you decide you wanted to get involved in not just politics, but local politics, which is in well, some local, ways the worst kind of politics. politics is the only place that I think somebody like me can make a difference. So that's why I'm here. Uh, the reason I really decided to run now is it, like like I said earlier, like you and I have talked about it, it's always been an itch for me, but COVID and the handling of everything surrounding COVID was the straw that broke the camel's Talking back. So as soon as, uh, as soon as this open seat was announced to be uh, happening this year instead of next year, uh, it changed the timing a little bit for me. I anticipated this would be in 2023, uh, but it was a no-brainer to jump It kind of happened weird. I mean, I just... Super weird. I knew it was going to happen. Like there was an open, there was a 12th seat and... I mean, I honestly wasn't super engaged about it, but it was all of a sudden it's like, to be 2023. It's like all of a sudden, oh, there's a special election going to happen in, yeah. in June. I go, oh, okay. Well, let's. Yeah. And, and the other weird part about that, obviously, is the meeting that they choose to announce that, uh, you know, Daniel, who's definitely not a regular attendee at assembly meetings, actually just happened to be in attendance and was invited to lead the pledge, which he was a, was a super odd circumstance. He was at several of the mask mandate ones when we were there in October. But sure, once we were allowed back in the building. Sure. Yeah. And from the perspective of keeping but yeah, controls I mean, he's, he's, in place. He's not, he's, I wouldn't say he's a regular uh, attendee. No, but he's, and he's, so to have him there and leading the, the Pledge of Allegiance on the day that you're going to announce that the special election is going to happen is an odd circumstance, to say so, the least. So Chris Constant, who's the vice chair... Mm-hmm. Who, who, and Daniel's, I think he's the vice president of the South, South Edition. Edition Community Council, correct. So they obviously know each other. You think you think there was some kind of, hey. No, I think there absolutely was. Hey, no question. Gonna... And I think there probably has been for some time, because if you look back at Daniel's timeline, uh, he's been basically campaigning since December. And if this he, seat he, was going to go. a long time ago. Correct. And if this seat was going to be in 2023, potentially, which uh, Tasha and some of the other. Tasha Hodge. Um, yes. Yeah, so ta- there you go. You got it this time. <laughs> some of the others have, um, you know, indicated they were under the same impression. Um, how are you, how are you, you know, campaigning What's going in on? What's going on downtown? I mean, Tom Baggage did this thing where he filed and then last 445 his staffer files, right? Luki Tobin. And then now he drops out. So she kind of. You know, but now Ed Wesley, I don't know if you know him. He's no, not, I don't. He's running against Begich in 2016 in the Democratic primary. He's apparently not running a write-in oh. for that Senate seat. Wow. Because he's Democrat. Okay. And I don't think he kind of liked how things went down. But, I mean, you guys got some downtown. 
You know, honestly, some man, issues down there. I, I have not paid attention to that at all. I've been so focused on this assembly race and what's going on with this and how to strategize the way that we're trying to get our message out that I actually messaged uh, a friend of mine and asked yesterday, like, who's running against Zach Fields? Because I'm pretty sure he has a monopoly on signs downtown for his race. No, Harry Drummond's race. They got paired. Well, there's no, yeah, there's no, I don't see anything for Drummond. So Zach, it's, Zach, Zach's a ferocious campaigner. Yeah, Zach's everywhere. And, uh, you know, the only thing I knew about Zach was from the Inlet View Elementary School uh, quote that came out as far as uh, you know, attacking some of the neighbors. Oh, no. See, I, I'm with him on that. Are you, you are? Oh, yeah. How? Because um, the history of Alaska, especially in the last 20, 30 years, any group of a small group can stop something, whether it's the, the bridge to Kinnick Arm, the road to Juneau, yeah. uh, the, the PICA project, the gas line to Fairbanks. Well, hold on a second. I mean, we had, school we had, hold on. Hold it's on, five hold people. On. The five school, people. Hold on a second. The school got onto the ballot, Correct. The school project got onto the ballot. Yes. Okay. But before that, it was already, I mean, moving, the, the point of it was to build a school on the same property, not make the kids, leave the kids in the school, not make them go to other schools for two years. The neighbors, those five neighbors, the main guy, I forget his name. That's they, fine. They screamed and yelled. I understand. I understand, Jeff, but they invested in their private property with a school not directly behind their house. And well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. For us to attack somebody personally for their preference of not wanting a school behind their yard is insane. And but, especially but they go to come from somebody in a position of power like Zach, he cannot make statements like that. If you as a private citizen want to, that's fine. But that's so far beyond the pale of that's what he the, should be doing. That's Zach's style. It doesn't make... No, we cannot have that. And to say that's Zach's style is to forgive the same garbage that Donald Trump did by not being professional, not representing the rest of us. Whether we agreed with what he did or not, he didn't act like the... He didn't have the professionalism the, the, of the, middle the, manager. The, the, these, these people um, manipulated a process. They went to this urban planning... I don't even know what it was. Some obscure zoning commission that it's brand new. It's only 10 years old, I think, because of Title 21. I mean, it, it's just, to me, like, you need to build a school. The you, school's old. You're right. It's falling apart. You're right. But it's we gonna, voted on that, and we said no. And you know why we said well, no, and this is the tactic. Part, here, of, the, part of the funding. Part of the but funding. No, here's, here's where we ran afoul, is that if you put, if the administration and the school district decided to put just Inlet View Elementary School on the ballot as a standalone initiative instead of as a part of a massive initiative with a whole list of other pet projects, the, the people of Anchorage would have voted for that school to get replaced. Well, well, but instead, they added... A ton of other projects on one ballot initiative, and that was a that was an well, error on their part. It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was the, on the bond, and it was part of the funding. But but here's a question: if 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 in a society, if in this case, I bet you it's eighty percent. Let's say it's seventy five percent of people wanted that, mm-hmm. or, or you know, and it's it's really five vocal people who were like, "Don't put the." I mean, it's NIMBY, and to me, it's just it just it, that represents a problem in this state. Like we could have built that bridge, you know, ten years ago to connect arm. Huge. We have a problem with housing availability. People on the hillside bitch. They don't want their housing values. In Government Hill. No, connect. Well, connect arm over there at Kabata Bridge. Okay, across across. Yeah. You think people on the hillside are worried about their housing values going oh, yeah, down absolutely. because of that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. People are. They have all kinds of, all kinds of small groups of people. There was a road in Juno. The Walker stopped. There was a road. It was funded. It was going to go all the way yeah. up to near Haynes. It would have taken pressure off the ferries. Yeah. These people in Juneau who have been there since the 80s or 70s or 80s who are tier one retirees who are million. They don't want people coming. They don't want, they want things. They have this nostalgic view of the ferry well, system. Well, you're not going to get any argument from me about the tier one people, the people that have been here forever that want everything to stay the same. Look at the Hemlock Burn Trail that mountain bikers and mountain bike organizations paid for 
permitted, developed, built. We did everything for that Mm -hmm. trail and a small group of people that control the property along the hillside that have had walking trails in a certain way decided to fight that in the hillside trail stewards. And they made that a hassle and they wanted that to be a, now they turned it from a downhill mountain biking trail that could have been an epic tourist draw for a ton of people over time in Anchorage. And we turned it into like a sea level family trail. That's also a walking trail. Like, what are we doing here? This state, I don't care if it's left or right or center. People, when Campbell Lake's another one, right? You yeah. mean this? It's been three years and there's no access because people, a small group, can can prevent public access. Um, this gas line to Fairbanks. I mean, think about the, the the economic opportunity, the 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 increased cost of of, of energy. Um, Pika is a, is a state oil find on state land. We can't we can't do that. Environmentalists freak. They everybody sues, goes to the courts. Yeah, but that's not just here. That's everywhere. It's, I think You've it's, got one percent of the population that's really loud and I, stops all of our progress. I think it's more pronounced here because 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 we're a smaller population. Um, there, there's more people that are, that are influential. Um, and I, I just we used to. I mean, we built the pipeline. We it's did the money, Red Dog. We, we used to like do. We used to do. Sometimes you got to say, look, we're doing something. You know, if you don't like, I'm sorry, we're, we're doing. We're building, so we're building we the bridge. So how do we do I, that? That's a great question. I mean, I think my, my philosophy on governance, and I'm not saying I 100% like believe in this, but I almost think a Singaporean style government is, is the way to go where you have some, but you have to have, the problem is you have to have competent people that are, that are in charge. We don't have competent and, people. You know, you know, in Singapore, they've grown, they've done great things. It's kind of quasi authoritarian. I mean, they have a parliament and they have people that are, but they do things. Yeah. And China, I mean, I'm not giving that as the best example, but I mean, China does things. They build things. Well, we don't. We don't. See, we see, we don't. We can't, Seattle, we can't build a see, fucking road. You see skyscrapers everywhere. Like people are developing in places, but Anchorage doesn't do anything. I and, just I just but, told somebody that that I was in Seattle in September, and Seattle's got all these problems. There's their assembly, the crime, all these. They have, all, but all those problems aside, they're so massive construction yeah. projects going on down in downtown Seattle. Yeah. I mean, you oh, live downtown. They've yeah. been talking about revitalizing downtown it's for a, twenty years. That's yeah, a catchphrase. Yeah, it's I mean, a talking point. We're going to revitalize downtown. We're going to make things safer, more walkable. And yet, every year it gets worse. We've got more people on the street corners. You can't even go to the park on 4th Avenue where I used to take my kids to do music in the park. It's literally like Woodstock of, you know, homeless drunk people, you know, heckling hot dog vendors and tourists. And we can't do anything about it. I was like, down there. Downtown last, is deteriorated I was down there last, last week, middle of the day, to go out and was going to buy something. And middle of the day, there was a, a very disturbed man just walking around fucking screaming. Yeah. And, and just scary. scary. Yeah, it's and very I, scary. You know, I'm a guy, I'm big guy, whatever, I, but for families or kids or yeah. just, just even tourists. It's not something we want people seeing. It's not what we want people remembering of Anchorage's downtown core. It's not what we want to see. But right now, because we're too busy fighting other political battles, we don't have a navigation center. We don't have places to put these people. They're closing the Sullivan in, what, less than two weeks. Yeah, but it doesn't, it, and, and that's going to be a problem, but we we're, that would cost us a million dollars a month to continue to operate. It's not going to get reimbursed. And we've got, what, 90 people from the last count that I heard? Are we going to keep that open for a month at a cost of $90 my, million my, dollars my, to Anchorage my, taxpayers for the sake of 90 people? My question, I don't think so. My question is, we started cover, We did a video in 2019. Yep. I think you I did. sponsored it. Yeah, I did. One of our sponsors. One. Yep. Uh, this is Anchorage. That was back when I still had money. Yeah, well, <laughs> sponsor another one. Um, but it's like this problem has been vi- a, like in our face. It's getting and, worse and, and it's gotten, and, and not, but nothing, not, the Sullivan thing happens. It's been two years. Yeah, but we keep voting the same people in, Jeff. So what the fuck do we expect? 
That's a great question. And guess I mean, what? I, We're you know right now, honestly, like I don't know when this is going to come out, but probably after the election's over. And we're going to vote at another end. So you get what you get. And at some point, if you don't support candidates that are going to bring change and bring a different way to look at things, this is where our city is going to go. And the way that this problem is structured in Anchorage, if we're being honest, it's not going to be fixed just by more money and more liberal policies. We have to have accountability for the people that are involved, the homeless people, the people with addiction, the people with uh, mental and other issues. And we have to have accountability for the service providers that are taking millions and millions of our dollars every year. And clearly, oh, yeah, however no, you, much we've spent over the last 10 years, if you totaled that up and you took a look at who cashed those checks, and then you explained to me how you've been effective in your mission, you, and not you, a damn one of them has. You'll have no argument for me that the way things have been happening are wrong and, 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 and different things need to happen. I mean, I, no argument there. But my point is, even with Bronson, he's, you know, the mayor, obviously he's got a challenge with the assembly, um, and, and some of that's on, on the assembly, but some of that's on him because the way he, tr I mean, it's so adversarial and politics is like anything else. It's relationships like business. But you, Jeff, when did that start? Because the, the flame throwing I mean, from the left started before, and I'm, I'm not either to I'm, be I'm very not, clear. I'm not saying who started, but, I mean, but he but called, he, 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 he called to, them idiots when he was running. I mean, he, he said there are a bunch of idiots, right? He, and, and then he, 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 yeah, I didn't he, hear that. Oh, during the campaign, okay. he said, and, and then he, he like, they, they not, Look, they knocked down his, his chief of staff, which was, I think, stupid. I said that was stupid. Uh, or so, Sorry, they knocked down Sammy Graham for the library, which I thought yeah. was stupid. And then he fucking yeah, makes her chief of staff. Started. And then, I mean, it's just this, it's almost like a circus. And look, you're getting no sympathy for me. They've done a lot of dumb things, this whole take the mayor out and this mask mandate yeah, nonsense. Yeah, the 60 thing's insane. And the mask mandate was, I, I can't even describe. I mean, it, it's just like on the state level, we, we, we have really no leaders in the state, local, locally or statewide. Who, who's leading? I mean, I was talking to somebody earlier, a couple of days ago, and they said a legislator. They said, "Man, why can't why?" It was it was so funny. They said, "Why can't our legislature work with the governor like like Florida works with Ron DeSantis?" And I said, "Well, Ron DeSantis is a leader. People see him as a leader. He leads. You know, I think you can take him for his word. Uh, we just don't have anybody really well, in well, charge." Have you been following all the shit they've gotten done down there? Like, oh yeah, every no, time something comes up, it's like a week later. I'm reading an article, and they're getting some bill signed, and. It's not eight months of debate and then, uh, you know, six more months of deliberation and a, a case study. Like, and he's young. they just he's, see a problem he's, he's, he's and 40, they get it done. He's 43. Yeah, but now we're going to have Donald know. Trump apparently declaring his next run for presidency on, uh, on, on DeSantis' doorstep is what I've heard is the strategy. So I'm sure he is. Oh, and, uh, and, and, and DeSantis, look, politically, it'd be dumb for him to go against Trump. I mean, it would just be dumb yeah, for him. So would. he's young. But, but I just see that, you know, I follow that stuff. A little bit. I watch the national politics. I watch what's happening, in, and I just see how how he acts and how he, he he he. You know, you can like his politics or not, but he is a leader. Yeah, he's leading. We don't have anybody lead. Like you don't see anybody like that. No, we don't. I mean, the last time we had, you know, maybe I mean Hickel and Hammond, where they were probably they were probably lead, they were you know Hammond did all kinds yeah, of. But shit. Would, here's the thing, man. Would they be, have been able to be that same leader in this environment? And I would argue that they couldn't, because honestly, I don't feel like. While Mayor Bronson definitely has some very different political and, and religious beliefs than I do personally, I think he's actually a pretty reasonable person as a politician, and I think if we actually worked with him, we could get a lot done. But instead, we're, we're starting fights. We're talking about how to re remove the mayor from office as an assembly when we, the people, elected Mayor Bronson as our mayor. Yeah, no, I, I'm, that doesn't I'm, make any sense. And, and at a time <coughs> where we've got a short building season, we're closing the Sullivan Arena, We've wasted the last month of assembly meetings 
dealing with that AO60 that Constant brought up instead of dealing with our problems. So, you know, at, at this point, we don't give anybody any runway. We don't give anybody any leeway. If we don't like them right out of the gate, we torpedo anything they try to put together. So I would argue that even those people that we look at as iconic leaders in Alaska, if they were here today, we'd have a very different viewpoint of those people as effective politicians. I mean, you know, it's a long time ago and there's always nostalgia, but, you know, when you know Hammond was governor, I mean, he, he oversaw this dividend thing. I mean, he, he compromised on he wanted the income tax, but that wasn't going to fly with, you know, with some of the people in the legislature. They, I mean, but, the, but the, that the, decision, the, Jeff, at that time, it <laughs> was it was Governor Hammond. It was the legislature and it was a few advisors. Right. So they'd make the decision and then the newspaper would print what the decision was. And every Harry, Dick and Jane on the Internet didn't have an ultra loud opinion that influenced other people and created this like witch hunt every time oh, something I mean, no, comes no, up no. you don't agree with. Like this is a very different environment. And in some ways they need to insulate themselves from this and make decisions, make things happen. That's what we elect them to do. And maybe that's what you're saying as far as a leader, somebody no, that would do that. No question that this, you know, social media and the internet has created a lot more problems, but uh, I actually think when, when it comes down to it, people, people respect and, and almost desire somebody who's willing to say, even, even if you don't agree with it, even if it's maybe the opposite of, I mean, you, you know where somebody is, they make a stance, they make a position, they do something. You know, nowadays it's like you never really, most of people in this state, you never know what, you know, half of them, you never know what they really think. They say something, do the opposite. You know, Dunleavy's pr- proposing this 50-50 dividend for a year, and then he comes out 3700 and then it's 20, and then it's like, what? Where, where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, you know, and for me, what I've said on the campaign trail is that even if a constituent doesn't agree with something that I do, if I do make it to the assembly, you're going to always be able to reach out to me and I'll tell you what my thought process was. You know, how did I get to that particular vote or thought? And I think at this point, unfortunately, I'm only thinking on in terms of the assembly, but you've got most people whose thoughts are, or their minds are made up before an issue even comes up. They don't think through things. They don't have a logical reason why they vote a certain way. They vote that way because it's in lockstep with their other... There are other party affiliates on the assembly, and it goes both ways. It's right now, it's three one way, eight the other, and uh, the eight hope to add their ninth in Voland, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, even with this new uh, 12 member thing, I don't know if this was part of the design, but the, the override threshold is two, th- the charter says two thirds. So right Correct. now it's eight because, still eight. you know, out of, out of 11, you need eight. Yep. But with 12, it's still, eight. it's still eight. Yeah. So they could even lose, like LaFrance or somebody could lose. Correct. Uh, next year, and they'd still, if they pick up the seat, they still have the eight. Yeah. So yeah. It's, so it's a, it's a tough, it's an uphill climb for anybody that would consider themselves a conservative. And I'm a moderate. I'm on on neither side of the fence here. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I'd like to be able to add a more moderate and you know middle viewpoint that most well, Anchorage can understand. It's wild how this. I mean, I've been here since '04. You've been here longer than me. It's there. There used to be, like Dan Sullivan was on the assembly, and and. Um, and he was mayor and there was, you know, Dick Trainey and there was just you know, star and, uh, you know, Bill star and just, yeah. there was a kind of Ernie Hall who was kind of more moderate, but I mean, there used to be a, a pretty, it was kind of a conservative leaning assembly for, and the mayor too, for, well, I could then, just changed. And then ever, ever since probably 15 with Ethan becoming mayor and then the assembly at that point started to kind of shift a little bit. And I mean, not now it's, it's. And you saw that, you know, Zolotel won and Dunbar won and, and Perez Verdia won. And they had heavy competition, a lot of funding against them. I don't think they had the best candidates, though. I was going to say, I mean, Vasquez is just, just kind of perennial, runs all the time. Yeah. Not, not, she's kind of, you know. I don't think they had the best candidates there. 
No, they didn't. And and the other thing was all those candidates, which I thought was funny, like Hensley and Zal and and um, Vasquez and Taylor. They were all kind of running some more than others, but I mean they were kind of Bronson people. Very much so. Bronson lost all those districts in the election. Like he won, he won heavily Eagle River and South Anchorage. It sounds so, like you so, should be a political advisor. It's like, why would that. you align with the guy who lost in your area? Yeah, and and they most of them lost pretty handily. It wasn't even close. The only one uh, that was some, somewhat Salt close was the with, one that won. Randy won, and then, yeah. and then Hensley's Altel was a little close. I mean, it wasn't super close, but it yeah. was closer than, um, um, you know, Perez Verdia. Well, and, and Stephanie Dunbar. got trounced. By oh yeah, and, and there was a lot of there was huge money raised in that race. I mean, it was like a ton combined. I think it was. Well over half a million dollars for an yeah. assembly race. That's insane. That's un- that's got to be a record. Anchorage. What's your take? And, and I want to ask your. I'm curious your opinion on this. Now, a lot of people, who, especially the Bronson supporters, they say we elected the mayor, we elected him, and that's their that's their stance. We should be able to do whatever we want. We elected him, but we also across the city elected the assembly. Mm-hmm. So, what's your position on we elected the mayor, which is true, but there's also an elected assembly. Like he's not, he's not, he can't, he's not a dictator. He doesn't have a wand where he can do whatever he wants. Oh no, but you've got to have, you know, the role of the mayor is to, to set the tone and lead the city and to lead the assembly. The assembly is there to, uh, you know, help guide us down the path that the mayor, that we vote the mayor in to kind of set. And so I feel like if it's, uh, for instance, the current assembly working with the mayor, I think we need to at least attempt to, uh, you know, help bring the mayor, uh, you know, to maybe our position a little bit if it's to the left with the current assembly, but still work along the lines that he's aiming to for the people. So, you know, if, if you have a conservative assembly in the future and you get a liberal mayor like Ethan Berkowitz, I think it's the assembly's job to work towards the goals that the mayor sets. And we have a responsibility to you know, uphold what the people's wishes are and, and go towards what the mayor's projecting. See, I would, I would a little bit, dis- I mean, Anchorage is unique because we're, we have the strong mayor where it's essentially an elected, like other, the Valley and, you know, some of these, they have the mayor that's kind of on the assembly where here it's, it is a separate, you know, it's almost like the state where you have the governor mm-hmm. elected and the legis- So it's kind of a separate branch and, and it is their responsibility, I think an obligation to work together, but, um, the process does require confirmation. It does require, there is vetoes. It's all in the um, override threshold in the charter. So it, it just seems to me that, that, and this is not just in the city, but this is statewide, national. There's just such a apprehension or, or a lack of will to work together. It's a complete lack of will to work together. We're just trying to score political points for whatever our goals and ambitions are. Um, you know, take constant, for example, and he's, you know, he just backed out of the, the regular election for Congress. but uh, Santa you know, beat him. Yeah, Santa beat him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the special, um, that didn't show well, so he backed out of that. But there will be another office for him, and, uh, you know, that's what we do. I mean, he, we he try ran, to score points. He we ran, try he, to set up our own brand. We're not here. Uh, the assembly members I see in general don't appear to be there for the people of Anchorage and the city of Anchorage. They're there for themselves and their ambitions. Constant um, ran last time unopposed. Yeah. Re-election. Yeah, that won't It's happen. interesting. I just saw a poll, um, and it was all kinds of national poll, all kinds of questions. And and it, one of the questions it asked was, do you think politicians now are, you know, in it for the people or in it for themselves? And and it was a huge majority um, said of both parties said, you know, most they think most politicians are in it for themselves, which is a problem. Like, That's a huge most people problem. think, I mean, it was like 70, it was like, 
I forget the number. I think it was over 70% of, of people in the poll thought, national poll, you know, and, and it, they answered that most politicians are in it for themselves and, and not for, like, public service. I agree. You? I don't know if it's... I wouldn't say most. I mean, some are. Uh, sure. I don't know if it's most, but, I mean, I think I can see why people would say that. Yeah, but honestly, like, for a guy like me, this whole campaigning thing's been one of the most uncomfortable things in my whole life. Um, you know, it's... It's not natural for somebody who, who has, uh, you know, who isn't really a bombastic, outgoing personality that's always looking for attention to go out there and do these types of things. It's a difficult thing to do. You put yourself, your family out there. You go out, you ask for donations, you ask for support, you talk about sensitive issues. Um, you know, I think a lot of people just want to hear themselves talk. They want to represent their ideas. They're not really out there to represent their constituents. And for me, it's it doesn't really make any difference what I truly believe when it comes down to it. If I'm elected to the assembly, I'm there to represent what the people of Anchorage and the people of my district need and what's best for the city of Anchorage. And I really don't think that we have many people on the assembly or in politics that think that way. They're there for themselves and their agenda, period. Well, I, I think what you, you know, the point you make, and I've talked about this before, but the, the attributes and, and the kind of qualities that make a good candidate are, are very different than the attributes and qualities that make a good That's legislator. A and, and rarely, I mean, I'm talking about very rarely, does a person possess both. So who have you seen that's the most effective at both? Like, I mean, who would, who would be on the top of your list of politicians, local or well, state? Uh, I mean, statewide, I'd probably go to Bert Stedman. He's okay. probably one of the better. I mean, I don't know if you know, he's a no. senator from Southeast, the co-chair of the finance. He's, he's just, uh, he's very, very clever. He's a great politician, but he's also... People love him in his district. You know, he can, he can get elected, and he's he's just kind of people like him a lot. Yeah, um, he's one of the examples. I think locally, who is a good? Nothing's nothing's jumping out. I'm, okay. I'm going I'm to think about that. Well, it might be because as, there's not too many. I mean, but, you know, uh, when, when but, you when, know, honestly, I met with so I did meet with uh, with uh, Randy Solt after the election here recently, and I was actually borrowing the custom sign for the back of my pickup, uh-huh. so my you know, ugly mug can follow me down the road everywhere I go. And, uh, and honestly, I was super impressed with him. I was disappointed to hear that he got redistricted uh, right after yeah. the race. So we only have him as a one term and we lost Weddleton as an assembly member. And I didn't always agree with him, but I think he listened and he was diligent in the jo- way he approached things. I'd say, jo- jo- you, know, you know, who was somebody else? I think Dick Trainey. I would say yeah. Dick Trainey was really, and, and actually LV, LV great. I mean, she's new in Juno, and it's, it, Juno's a whole kind of different and she's in the minority. Mm-hmm. But she was, you know, in the assembly, she'd come to every meeting, she, every community, con- I was president of Taco Campbell Community Council, she would, she would... Um, Did she listen to the other side? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, she worked with, there were some issues where she was, I forget the guy's name, but there was, what was that issue? It was this guy who hated her, mm. and she helped him in something he didn't add for at some point. No, she was... Okay. And locally, it's That's so great. much different than Juno on a lot of these, is- these issues, but um, she's a great candidate. And when she was on the assembly, she was chair, and you know Dick Trainey was good. Um, you know, there, I mean, there's some people, like I said, that can, but it's just it doesn't. I'd say Dan Sullivan, he was adversarial in a lot of ways, but when he was mayor, I mean, he was, yeah. he was pretty. I mean, people liked him. He, he was he's a great candidate. Some people really hated him. Some though. people did. Some people didn't like him. But yeah. you're never gonna. I mean, that's the thing, is if 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 you're a real, if you really understand politics, some people aren't gonna like you. I mean, some people don't like me. Some people hate me. A lot of people don't like me. I know that. I don't try to go make them happy. I mean, I just say what I say. I do what I do. do And, you know, I'll engage with people. I'm I'm not, you know, unless somebody really 
There's a couple examples of some real fucking crazies, but <laughs> you know, you're, I mean, if you try to make everybody happy, you will inevitably inevitably make no one happy, and Actually, you'll you, be you'll, miserable. You'll make everybody, and angry. you'll be miserable. Yeah. So it's 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 um. Well, I'm realizing with a lot of my positions, I'm finding uh, I'm finding gripes from both sides. So I'm getting people calling me an anti-vaxxer and a crazy person, and I'm getting some people calling me a super liberal on the same issue, the same post, the same article. So. I feel pretty good about being in the middle where I'm supposed to be. Uh, I'm an issues guy, so you know I can drift left, I can drift right. It depends on what we're talking it's, about. It's, but it's harder right now um, with the, the the massive polarization that if you're not, and I'm and put myself in this category, if you're not on one of the sides, if well, you're not if, if you're not if you're not on one of the teams, then it it become because nobody wants you. Yeah, and and that's really difficult for me when it comes to organization, volunteers, door knockers, that kind of thing. I'm not affiliated with a party, so I don't have that built-in support. I think I've I've definitely felt that in that regard. But at the same time, you know, Jeff, that's what put us in this position. Why, like, why are these things still in existence? Why do we have these, you know, these two you know, this duopoly of parties, and we have to choose one way or the other? Like, life is complex. Life is interesting. Every single like the moment we're in right now, like it can go any number of ways and to pretend like it's black and white and we can all be put in a one silo is a mistake that we make every day. And as long as we think that way, we're never going to get out of this shit. We're just going to stay right where we are. We're never going to solve anything. So until we can think that way, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I mean, to be true, total truth, totally truthful. I'm not not optimistic. Things are going to, I'm not either. I think things are going to, in this country going to get a lot worse. I had, I actually made a point to have a meeting with, uh, this morning. I took, went and had coffee with a lady that I, um, have really come to know recently. Who's been in Anchorage for the last 50 years has a lot more experience than I do. And I reached out strictly to ask her like where she's finding optimism and to get some insight from her experience over time. Cause I'm not optimistic about anything in the next 10 years. I mean, I think my, for me, my kind of like worst case scenario is if Trump runs and then, and I mean, I think probably he has a great shot of winning, but if Trump you runs, do. Oh yeah. I mean, oh. sure. But if it's he runs, especially now, I mean, look at things, <laughs> but if he runs and barely loses, yeah, honestly, I think that's it's like a, over. that's a lights out. Yeah, I, agree. I think I think states just start. So what do we do? What do we do? Then? I mean, nothing. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, they've already set up many legislatures. Now choose the electors. They've changed some of the positions of some of the people who are you know in charge of certifying elections in some of these states. Georgia, you know, they yeah, you know, the one guy, what's his name, um, Secretary of State guy, who basically when Trump's like, give me more votes. You know, if you get diff- if you get a different guy in there, if if you get states sending different, I mean, the system we have. Our government, whether it's it's like state, local, federal, it's based it's ba- it's predicated on some level of trust. You, you have to trust the constitution. Like you have to believe people are going to act rationally, and, and 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 that's just I mean that's how it is. Like you have a this whole thing with Penn certifying the election. I mean that's a formality. Like yeah. no, nobody really ever you know I don't think anybody ever seriously thought about oh what if we don't do that, you know like when 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 you choose a judge. Right. Like that's it. There, you, there's no, that's the judge. Right. I mean, yeah. there, there's people want to change the, and they want to, and, and nothing's really stopping anybody from doing some of these crazy things other than this unified joint kind of trust in the system. But if, if you start doing things that are crazy and this happens in other countries all the time, even Western, like, you know, like democracies and nobody, nobody stops it. Well then, then you've crossed like, so there's all these norms and trusts that we've built into our system and and it only works if people follow the follow that, and as soon as you stop following those things, that's it. That's lights out. 
Yeah, and that used to be relegated to the deep, dark rabbit holes of the internet. But honestly, man, you're speaking probably more truth than most people want to hear. Because I think that uh, there's a very real possibility that's where we end up. I don't know. I'm attempting to hold out hope. I'm attempting to, you know, focus locally, focus on what I can do, try to stay healthy, you know, run here locally for the assembly and, uh, you know, do right by the people that I know and the people that are in my life. And I think that's all we can do. And at the same time, it's a pretty depressing time. It's it's tough to be optimistic. I mean, end of the day, I think I mean there's more rational people in this country than there's not. But it's like who's who's the yeah, loudest to, and who's in charge? We, and who, we who, have to be willing to have a voice. We have to be willing to disagree. We have to be willing to uh, be honest about you know the way that we feel, the way we want our lives to be. And unfortunately, we're not we're not able to do that right now. Um, I got to run here, but I want to ask you one more thing. We'll switch yeah. topics. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the new Top Gun? Yeah, of course. I had to go see it in the theater, man. What a great wait. movie. Yeah, it was good. A little, little predictable. You but, know, but, but, like but, you, could, you could guess 10 minutes before something happened what was going to happen. But what did you think about that there was, I would say, zero wokeness? There, there was no, there was a little bit. Really? Yeah, there was a little bit of wokeness in there. It, I think they did a good what, job what staying of, away. I mean, I mean, frankly, personally, like, do we live in pretend world where it was it's just not the good, name of a country, Jeff? I mean, okay, well, look, I think that you know, we don't want to step we, on people. We know it's, we know it's we, Iran. We understand. Like, it could be one of three countries, right? But like, we didn't even I, name the country. We didn't get specific about that. Um, you know, you had the you know the the pilot selection process where you're working. Like the age thing in, you're working the female thing in. I mean, there's some wokeness to it here and there, but, yeah, but there's, uh, there's female pilots. Yeah, I understand. I, I I just to me it was like there, there was really nothing that jumped out. I mean, I just it was a good movie. It was like I, I went and watched the, a movie that I thought was just a really enjoyable movie. It was great. There was there was really no entertainment politics. It was pure other than they didn't name Iran. I guess there's probably yeah, some consideration on. there. But come but, on, like we the, know it's, uh, we know it's Iran. I mean, but you walk away from that movie thinking like. Uh, this is this is like the next ten years. It's not going to make sense. Like we're not going to have pilots in those cockpits. We all know where this is going. That's pretty sad. Yeah, I know yeah. it is. I know, but it was a cool movie. Got the blood going. I, I also saw another weird movie. Have you heard of The Northman? No. Oh man, you got to see that. That's a that's a good movie, but a weird like a weird movie. It's about kind of some um, Viking. It's it's a little bit fantasy and. Yeah, no. Oh, it's it's like no, it's not, really it's it's not for me. Apparently, the um, I didn't know this, but after I saw it, there's a, a bunch of apparently these like proud boy types were going watching it and eating raw oh. meat, and it became some like and you can't watch it because it's like a white surprise. I don't even know. It was oh, like wow. it was it was it was a good movie. Yeah, no, it's I'm just, gonna stay, I'm gonna stay away from that one. I, I think you should yeah. go, go check no, it out. Really, I'm really, away. I'm gonna really, ride my mountain bike. Okay, I'm gonna get healthy. You look great. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. You do too. Um, I, I enjoy talking to you on the podcast, right? Well, Robin will get Rob. Rob, we'll get yeah. you on again. I tried to do a debate, you know, for the race, but yeah, I was it was kind of late, and some people didn't, didn't couldn't do it. Yeah. And I mean, I just next time, next There'll time, we'll, time. Yeah. hopefully we'll get that those those returns up. You got you got a, you got a lot of ballots out there, buddy. You got to I know go talk thirty eight thousand two forty seven. I think it was, but uh, you know, people have to vote. They got to they got to want to vote. A couple of days and ago, there was less than three thousand ballots returned. So that's you know, like we'll see like what happens. I've got my suspicions as far as how this is going to go, but uh, I've learned a lot, and we'll see what the voters say. Okay, well, Rob, thanks for coming in, buddy. Really yeah, appreciate cheers. it. Thank yeah. you. All right, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me. And if you're following us on Apple or Spotify or any of those Pod, Podbean uh, platforms, please give us a, a like and a review. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you on the next one. Landline.